0: Hello, my name is Sam Wood. I'm an English teacher in Montreal. Today, Eglé has invited me to speak about the branding of power and the power of branding. We are going back to Constantinople in 1479. It has been 26 years since Mecmec II conquered the city. Only now is Venice suing for peace and recognising Ottoman dominance of the eastern Mediterranean and the vital silk routes to China. The treaty that Venice will sign legitimises Mehmet's claim to power, but he still needs to speak to the city's Greek-speaking elite and the Latin-speaking powers of Western Christendom. To do this, he turned to art and asked the Venetians to send him a good painting. They chose Gentile Bellini, one of the greatest artists in the city. In today's podcast, I look at how the Sultan and the artist rebranded a fearsomely successful warrior as a cultured ruler and a reliable partner. They use a number of strategies, exaggeration, use of the audience's language and iconography, luxury, a blending of traditions, and the use of body language. Mahmud does not soften his claim to rule. He bore the title of Kaiser Irum Rome, or Caesar of Rome, as all rulers of Rome had done since Julius Caesar. In Bellini's painting he goes further, and the now faded Latin on the left pedestal proclaims him Imperator Orbis, or Ruler of the World. As well as making his status known in the language of his audience, he also uses their iconography. He is seated within a Roman triumphal arch that would be familiar to the Western heirs of the Roman Empire. Crowns are part of Western royal and and imperial iconography. But they were not used by either the Byzantines or the Ottomans. Still, crowns were necessary if Mehmet was to communicate this equal status. Placed above the arch, the crowns are ambiguous. Possibly they refer to Mehmet's conquests in Greece, Trebizond, and Asia. They might also refer to the Triple Crown worn by the Pope in contemporary Rome. This ambiguity brings to mind both Mehmed's power, if the treaty is not upheld, and his up-ambition. Traditionally, Ottoman rulers were shown kneeling, a position unthinkable for a Western ruler. The use of a balustrade, often seen in paintings of Venetian rulers, conceals this possibility. Placing a bejeweled Persian rug over the balustrade communicates Macbeth's wealth, and perhaps more importantly to Venice, the access to the silk route that was at stake in the negotiations. Finally, the three-quarter profile was often seen in Persian and Ottoman portraiture, but was an innovation only just becoming fashionable in Venice and the West, where a full profile was preferred. By choosing this pose, Magmat is able to follow Ottoman tradition while appearing modern in Venice. To his advantage, the image has an air of intimacy and gives Mehmet an air of contemplation, also seen in a painting made by an Ottoman artist in the same year. In that picture, he is contemplating a robe. But in the Bellini, we are uncertain, perhaps deliberately so, about what thoughts might preoccupy this great and powerful leader. As is so often the case, Despite the appearance of intimacy, we are kept at a remove from the leader. The article accompanying this podcast explores Bellini's painting and its history in more detail. Thank you for listening, and I hope that you find the lessons from Mehmet and Bellini useful for your own projects